This is episode 114 of the Social Hub podcast, which means you will find all the links and relevant show notes for today's episode over at all the W's of socialhubau.com forward slash 114. Hey there, I'm Stacey Marie, your host of this podcast and a business coach helping women in business stand out of the crowd online through social media, online courses, digital products, and podcasting. On this pod, we will chat about business, marketing, mindset, money, and all that's in between so that you can grow your business your way because you are magic and everything you need is right inside you. I acknowledge the Nandawal and Minyungbuk people of the Bunjalung Nation on which land this podcast is produced. I thank them for the custodial role they undertake now in times past and for our future. And I extend my respect to all the people on the lands with which you are listening from also. Hey friends, how are you? What you're listening to here is part two, three or four, depending on where you're at, in a four-part series called um, Needs-Based Selling. Now, if you haven't listened to, most importantly, episode 112, which is the first part of this episode and gives a introduction into why I've created these episodes and what they are and what they mean and who they're for, then I would 110% recommend stop where you are and go back and listen to episode 112 and then follow them through episode 112 to 115 in order. So the titles of those episodes in order are know, mission, share, and what now. They're the four parts of the process of the needs-based selling system. And this system is to help you be able to sell with authenticity and in true alignment with who you really are without any of those awful, awful icky tactics that we don't want to do and any of that fear-based stuff that just makes us feel terrible about ourselves. Um, to be able to sell to our clients in a really beautiful, authentic way um, and mostly to be able to sell them what they need, right? Um, Because when people buy what they need, then we have less refunds, we have less people wanting to cancel our services, we have happy clients who become repeat clients and then refer other clients to us and become complete raving fans. So it's a really beautiful four-part series and it's important that you listen to each step in a row. So please make sure if you haven't listened to episodes 112 right through to 15 in order, go back and do so now. Otherwise, if you're on the right episode, enjoy. It's really important that you do. Now, also remember that these are actually part of my paid program, Amplify. These four trainings came downloaded directly from that program and put into the free space as a gift from me to you. If you love what you hear in these trainings, I would highly recommend that you check out my Amplify program. It is where I help service-based businesses and course creators break free of the one-to-one and scale their businesses online using social media, online courses, and digital products. All the links to be able to find out all about this program are in the show notes for today's episode. If you head over there, you can check it out and you can also book a call with me if you want to chat more about if it's the right space for you, because I do have other ways that we can work together. Or if you just want to chat to me more about this on Instagram, you can DM me at at Stacey Marie Coaching. But for now, over to the episode, you are going to love it. Welcome to Sales Mastery Lesson 3, which is step three in the four-part Sales Mastery series, which is Share. So the first two lessons we have done over the last two weeks is lesson one was on no, 
lesson two was on mission. And now we're getting to the point where you've, you know, you've built that rapport, you've built that relationship, you've had a little bit of humanization in your conversation with somebody, and you are now moving into the space where you are sharing your offer with them. And how do you do that in a non-sleazy way? So I often find that the first two parts of the process are the bits that people really start to feel they feel quite comfortable with, right? Because particularly for other women, we're building relationships, we're getting to know people, we're facilitating a conversation. And for a lot of us, that can feel really comfortable. But when it gets to the point in that conversation, whether it be online, in person, on an email, you have to get to a point where you're like, okay, here's what I'm going to offer you. Here is what I think is the best thing for you. Um, and how do you do that in a non-sleazy way? So in the last two weeks, we've gone through the ways that you can do each step online, mass market, in direct contact by email or DM, and also in a direct conversation. So either like a Zoom call or a phone call. So we'll keep following that process um, in the next two two lessons. However, um, I did put into the members portal, the landing page or sales page workflow. Um, and that really covers off the process of how you get to the sale and you, you know, uncover those objections and things like that in there. Um, but I will reiterate them in the live stream as well. A lot of what we do over the next two weeks is going to be very dependent um, and really big for the people who are speaking directly with someone. So if you're talking to them in a DM, email, phone call or a Zoom call, like a discovery call kind of vibe um, and how you get to that point. I think that for some people, and I don't know if you're like listening to the replay or, or watching this, sometimes getting to the sale can be really feel a lot easier on a sales page or a landing page or a social media post than it can if you're actually physically speaking to someone because it's almost like we're hiding behind that firewall of the sales page or the landing page or the post. Um, when, we're when we're actually talking to someone, it can be really a really vulnerable space for us um, to be in. And a lot of people shy away from it for, you know, a couple of reasons I find usually. One is that you've had a conversation with them and you've figured out that, you don't actually offer something that is going to suit them and you don't know how to say that. So you feel uncomfortable around saying I'm not the right person for you because you want to help people and you feel bad for saying that. And it triggers something in you that makes you, you know, brings up those feelings of you're not, you know, you're not doing the right thing or you're not supporting that person. When in actual fact, you're supporting them in the best way to say that I don't offer those services. What I do isn't right for you. You're actually doing the right thing for them. Um, and that's a bit of a reframe that we'll talk about. And then the next part is that you don't feel comfortable bringing up how you help them with one, what you do sell or teach because you don't want to seem over sleazy and over salesy. So we're going to talk through how this part of the process, how you can do that in a non-sleazy, non-salesy way and talk through some of the mindset stuff that's really important that you um, move through um, as, as far as like a, a roadblock to sales goes 
because that's also going to help you moving forward. And then next week, we're going to talk about what what then or what next. And that's, you know, so what happens next from there? Like, you know, do you follow them up? We'll talk about some follow-up processes. We'll also talk about some um, objections, how to overcome objections um, and what that looks like. All right. So let's first, let's talk about, um, all right, let's talk about first the energetics of selling. Let's talk about that first because I think it's an important place to start. And if you're watching it live, I don't think anyone's live at the moment, but if you're jumping on and you feel uncomfortable about selling, if you're watching back the replay and sales is something that is really uncomfortable for you, um, I'd love you to let me know why that is um, and where does that story come from. So a lot of the times the reason why we feel uncomfortable about selling is that we have a story about selling that we keep telling ourselves, And usually that will come from either like a stereotype of a salesperson that we don't like or that we've associated with a salesperson. So I've used this analogy before. We're like a used car salesman. We're back in the day, and I'm not, used car salesmen aren't like this anymore. Some of them are, but not all of them are. But it used to be the stereotype of the used car salesman was this dodgy person that just wanted to sell you a broken down car that would never work. That's not the case, right? I don't believe that of every person that works in the car industry, but that was a stereotype. And that's a stereotype that a lot of people, particularly my age and older, still carry into the process of purchasing a car. Even when we just purchased our car recently, it was just like, are you dodgy? Are you not dodgy? Like you go into that um, interaction, I know I do, with that stereotype hanging over my head, right? And I had to really, you know, make sure that I was objective about the situation and didn't try to put that stereotype on the person that was serving me. Um, you know, and there's a, a lot of sort of stereotypes, I guess, in the car industry, you know, about they're trying to rip you off. So people go in there and they lowball people on cars and stuff you know, that sort of thing. Um, so it can come from a stereotype. It can also come from, I guess it would be another stereotype of, you know, certain, you know, women, you know, waitresses are ditzy or something, you know, like certain stereotypes in, you know, around selling that maybe you've had. Um, the other reason is that, why you may have some sort of energy around it is that maybe you've had a bad experience. So maybe you've had a bad experience where someone has sold to you in a really strong and forceful way and you didn't like it and used all those kind of gimmicky, salesy, scripty sort of tricks to get you to buy something and you didn't like that and that made you feel really uncomfortable. Um, so it's really good to kind of check in with yourself when you're feeling uncomfortable about selling one of your offers is it that you actually have some mindset stuff with selling that you need to work through? And where are those mindset stories coming from? And what can you do to overcome them? You know, journaling, tapping, um, you know, decluttering, releasing, you know, doing like a little releasing ritual of those beliefs and letting go of them because they're not true. They're just beliefs that you have. Just because you may have had a bad experience or you have attached a stereotype to selling, doesn't mean that that's true for you. It's just a belief that you have from an experience or a stereotype that you've attached to it. So what can you do to move through that? And if you want to share in the comments, maybe how you've been able to do it. Um, 
and you know how you've been able to move through some of those limiting beliefs you know draw on some of the other things that you do to move through limiting beliefs in other areas of your life what are some of those things that you do meditating whatever it is um the other thing is that you may feel disconnected from your offer as well so that's another reason why you could feel a little bit hesitant to sell is that you might feel disconnected from your offer you may have a little bit of imposter syndrome going on you may not be connected to your price in some way um, you know there might be a little bit of energy around that and that's why you're feeling uncomfortable with selling some people often i find if you're uncomfortable with selling anything it's because of the other stuff. It's because of the other mindset stuff. It's because of the stories you've got around selling that you need to unpack and move through. If it's just this one particular offer that you're struggling to sell, it's usually a disconnection from that offer is the reason why <clears throat> you're not selling it. I, it's, I rarely find it's about confidence because if you truly believe in what you do and that what you do is helping people, and that you're not here to just sell a widget and that you're here to serve your audience and to help your clients, that you will be able to sell. It's, I rarely believe it's about confidence. It's usually about one of those other three things. So if you're feeling some resistance around selling, uncover which of those things it is that's bringing up that resistance for you and work through that. And if you wanna pop in the comments or pop it into the group, if you're watching this back replay vibes in the future, then um, pop in the group and we can chat through that because it's a really interesting conversation and it's a really good one to move through because on social media, it's such a, you know, selling something you have to do in your business every day. If you're not selling your products or services and if you're not sharing on social media how people can buy from you and you have to do that consistently, if you're not doing that, you don't have a business. And I guess that's the thing at the end of the day is that for people to buy from you, they need to know what they can buy from you. So what I find happens, and let's look at the online mass market place. So let's look at say social media content. And we'll also look at um, like a, an example of like a sales page, for example. So if you're looking at social media content and, you know, let's say you have, um, you know, <clears throat> you've got something and where I see, sorry, where I see this coming up a lot is, um, you know, people have lots of value content. You'll have lots of really good content on your social media feed, but you're never actually asking for someone to buy something. You're not telling them what they can buy. You're not showing them how they can buy it. You're making it difficult for people to buy from you or find what they buy from you. You might hide prices on your website. So if they get off your social media and get onto your website, there's no prices. It's hard to find your services, but they can find your blog and they can find your podcast and they can find your about me page and they can find all this nice fluffy stuff and find your Facebook group that you've got, but they find it really hard to figure out what you do and how you serve people. You don't have easy visible tabs for that. You're not making your offers really clear. Um, so, you know, obviously in that mass market area, like we talked about last week, you're wanting to move people through the decision process themselves to make that decision to purchase from you themselves. So you need to make it easy for them to buy from you. Make yourself transactable, which is step three in my Socials with Soul um, series. So if you're on social media, use CTAs, tell them what they can buy from you. Um, you know, go through all the lessons in the portal around your captions and things like that to help you with how to create a caption and close a caption and use your CTAs. There's plenty of content in the members portal around that. 
Um, and I will do, as I said last week, another live stream around how to lead people into your funnel um, from your social media as well. So that'll cover off a lot of CTA-based stuff and some of that content too. Um, so that's kind of social media. I think where I see people falling over here on landing pages and sales pages is again, you focus on all the beautiful things. So you've got lots of lovely testimonials and you've got lots of lovely maybe pictures of yourself and you've got lots of lovely copy around how you help them and, ab and about you and the features and the benefits and all this stuff of what it is that you're trying to sell them on that sales page. But then the button to buy is so small and it's like, Here's how, here's how I can help you. And it's this tiny little blurb, but the rest of the sales page is really lovely and vibrant and um, really engaging. But the actual where to buy from me is really small and it's not big and you're not proud about it. So this is where if you've got a sales page, make your offer really clear on that sales page. This is my offer. This is what I'm selling. This is the features of it. This is how it helps you all those parts of the process, right? Because once they've done all the other bits, they've read all your lovely copy about how you help them and they've answered those questions that you've asked them in your copy like we spoke about last week and they're getting to the point where it's like, yes, I have that problem. Yes, I can see that you can help me. The next step is show them how you can help them. So in your social media copy, share your offers, leave CTAs, tell them how they can contact you about that or where they need to go. On your website, have your offers really clear and visible for people. If you've done steps one and two, step three is the next logical step. If you've shown them that you understand them, that you relate to them and you've gotten to know them, if you've shown them that you understand their mission and that you are the person that can help them on that platform, whether it be social media, website, sales page, landing page, the next thing is to show them how, you, how, you, how they can pay you to do that. So make sure your offers stand out. Make sure it's really clear. How do they pay you? Is there a payment plan? What are, the, what are all the things involved in it? What are the features including the service, the product, the, the program that they're purchasing? Make it really simple for them to find that information. If they can't see you know, the features, the benefits, how they pay you, how it all works, and they, you're not making it really clear for them, then there's no clarity for them in that space to make that decision. So don't make the decision a murky one for them. Make it really simple and just spell it out for them exactly how it is. And then obviously ways around, you know, and this is where we'll talk about, you know, overcoming objections and things in the mass market online space next week is will be, you know, where do you put way, other ways that they can contact you on that sales page or on your website? So if there is any confusion, it's easy for them to get the answers that they need. All right. Now, the, again, as I did last week, I'm going to put the, the next uh, part in both direct contact and one-on-one uh, -on -one contact. So you can do this process over email, DM, on a phone call, in a Zoom call, because um, it's pretty much the same process. So in the share part of the process, what you've already done, like I said, you've built the rapport, you've gotten to know them, you've built a little bit of a relationship with them, some relationship building stuff. And you've gotten to understand their mission and you've asked a whole bunch of questions to uncover what it is that they actually need and do you provide so that you can determine do you provide and can you feel that need for them do you provide a service product or program or can you teach them something whatever it is they're buying if you're a coach or whatever um, if you can feel the need that that particular person has 
So this is where you get to the part in the conversation where it's like maybe you've gone back and forth in a couple of emails or you've gone back and forth in a couple of DMs. Um, maybe you have on a phone, if you're on a discovery call, you might have been talking for, I don't know, let's say five minutes, 10 minutes max. Um, and you're getting to the point where it's like, okay, I need to kind of give them an option now about what they need to do next, about what the solution is to the thing that they need help with. So this is where people get really unstuck because, um, you know, if you're on an DM or an email, some people can tend to kind of bow out at this point of the conversation and go, oh, um, yeah, well, if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know and that's it. And it's like that person was ready. They were ready for you to say, hey, I have this product service program thing that I teach, workshop, whatever, that can help you. Here's some information about it. Let me know if, it, let me know if, um, let me know if you need anything else from me. You know, or I'd love to support you. I'd love to see you in that group. I'd love to work with you. Um, I think that would be a great product for you, be a great fit for everything that you've said. Um, and people shy away from that because you feel all that energetic, salesy, sleazy stuff about selling. So instead of doing that, you just kind of go, yeah, well, if I can help you, let me know. Or if, and that's really easy to do on an email and a DM. I find what a lot of people do when they get to this point on a phone call or a discovery call is they would turn around and go, um, they, they would just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And then the discovery call goes for like 45 minutes instead of 15 because you've been too scared to get to the point and to get to the point of, yeah, I can, you can pay me. You can pay me to, to do this for you. Um, and it's not a sleazy place to get to. It's actually just the most logical next step. So I'm going to go through a few um, scenarios of where you're going to get to at this point in the conversation and how you would then deal with it. So scenario one is that you go through the conversation and you get to the point where it's like, they need X, Y, Z. You have a product service program coaching that delivers X, Y, Z to that person. So an example of that would be, and I use my course project program last year as an example. If someone came to me and said, I want to learn how to create an online course, um, I don't have time to go to like a two-day workshop or anything like that. I just want to be able to work through some stuff in my own time um, and just have you there to call on if I need some support. I don't really feel like I need to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm really busy. I've got other projects on. Um, but, you know, a course or something like that would be good for me. That's when, I, that's when it's just like, that's, that's magic. In, in the sales terms, that's magic, right? That's such an easy sell. It's not even selling. You don't feel like you're selling. But what happens is because, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So what I would say then is I'd be like, yeah, awesome. Um, so, you know, first of all, I'd be like, so it sounds like you're looking for an online program or a group coaching program where you can work through some content in your own time, do a bit of your own research, get the strategy and everything you need, maybe have some tools available for you to support you with things like, you know, templates for webinars or slide decks and stuff. Um, and just have access to me if you need to, you know, um, and maybe if you need to do some one-on-one, -on -one, we could talk about that later. That would be what I would say. Just reconfirm 
but that's what they said they wanted. Yes, that's what they want. Awesome. This is my program. It does exactly that. Awesome. Happy days. Yep, I'll buy that. That's what I need, right? That's an easy sell. And they are not every conversation that you have with people. So what happens is that these conversations smatter throughout um, our interactions with clients will have these will have these beautiful magical moments where someone wants exactly what you've got and it's so easy and natural and effortless to go oh that's so awesome I know I have exactly the thing for you you feel proud it's like yay I've got this amazing thing it can absolutely help you this service is exactly what you need um, and I'd really love to help you and it's such an effortless moment because you know that you can give them exactly what they've asked for and that is not the conversation that you always have. So it's a wonderful place and it would be awesome to think that that was every single conversation we would have with every single lead that we came across, but that's not actually the case. That's not what, um, that's not, that's not reality. So that's one, that's one thing <laughs> that can happen is your offer meets exactly what they want and it's the piece of magic and off you go and it's all airy fairy and fluffy and beautiful but that's not always what happens. The next possibility is that you may have an offer, product, service, something you teach, program, that meets some of their needs, but not all of them. And this is where it can become a little bit, um, you can become uncomfortable. You can become unstuck really easily if you're not resolute on your own offers. Hey, Beck, how are you? So if you're, this is where if you've got some of those, those icky selling vibes going on and you've got some of that mindset selling stuff that you need to work through, this is where you can come unstuck. If you're not married to your offers, you can come unstuck with it as well. So if you're not in love with your offers, you can come unstuck too. Um, another thing I see happen a lot with people when they get to this point in the conversation is if what you offer meets some of their needs but not all of their needs there can be a tendency to want to then fill the gap with things that you could do for them so you're adding in extra stuff and oftentimes you're adding it in for free this is a lot for service providers and coaches is you'll be like i've got this program or i've got this service it meets one two and three points that you said you needed or that we talked about you needed but it doesn't do these things, but I could add this in as well, right? So let's say you were selling, let's say you were, um, let's use like Laura, for example, who's a graphic designer. So if they were like, I need a website package that does A, B and C and D and E, and you were like, okay, my package only does the first four and you want someone that can actually do um, let's say, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head here, what's something that people may want with a website? Um, let's say you didn't do SEO and they wanted SEO and you were like, well, I could add it in. I could get someone I know that does SEO to do it and include it in the package without paying any, charging any extra. And then you lose out on a crap load of money. So there's a tendency because you don't have the exact thing that they want and you're not having that magical, beautiful, fluffy conversation where what they need is exactly what you offer. You, we can sometimes try to fill that with other things that then we're not getting compensated for. So when you come across 
a conversation like that where you've got partially what they need but not everything here's some things that you can do at that part of the conversation so again the first thing I always do is I just go and reconfirm what it is they've said to me so if I use the course project as an example so let's say they wanted um, in that scenario let's say they wanted one-on-one um, -on -one hand holding and that's not what that program is right or let's say they wanted, no, hang on a bit, I've got a better example. Let's say they had sold themselves on wanting to use Kajabi and they wanted someone to teach them exactly how to set up their program in Kajabi. Now, the, my program, The Course Project, does not do that. It gives you, here's the tech you could use, here's how you could use it, you choose the tech that's best for you because I don't believe in trying to tell someone to buy a, a platform that maybe they can't afford or isn't right for them at the time. So... My program does 85% of what they want, but a need, but not that other little 15%. So what I would do is I'd again, go back and reconfirm and I would just say, so it sounds like to me, you need a program that's gonna give you some strategy, help you understand how to structure your program, help you know how to sell it. Um, but with the tech, you really, you're really sold on Kajabi, aren't you, as a platform? Are you unmovable on that? Or are you flexible to understanding if there's other platforms that could work for you? They might then answer and go, no, nah, 100% sold. Kajabi is the one I want to use. So then I go, look, yep, I have a program. It's pretty much exactly what you need. It does all these things for you. It will help you be able to sell your program consistently. It will give you the strategy or give you the framework and all that stuff, plus all your templates that you need. I don't focus just on Kajabi though. I'm in, this is what you'll get. You will get X, Y, Z. It will show you a range of platforms that you could use to create your program. Kajabi is one that I mentioned, but I do not teach you how to set it up. Here's some things you could do to bridge that gap. Kajabi has a whole bunch of amazing, um, you know, help desk and tutorials and everything. You could probably learn to do it yourself. A lot of people do. If you really get unstuck, then I could probably find a VA. I've got a massive network of people who would might be able to help you in like a you know online business manager style, try and help you set those things up if you're really struggling. Right? So just it's just about honesty. It's not about going, you don't have to, your product, service, program, whatever it is you do, it's not a one size fits all. So just because it doesn't meet all of the needs of one person doesn't mean that they won't be prepared to buy it. So in which case, for this particular person in this scenario, it's going to come down to whether or not being able to be shown that tech is one of their higher needs, right? So if they're not sold on the tech or if they're just saying they are, they might turn around and go, oh, well, I'd be open to looking at other platforms. So sure, that'll probably work for me. Or they might turn around and go, oh, well, look, I'll join the program. I'll just, I'll, and when I get to the tech point, if I need help, can I sing out to you? And I'll be like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll see, they might say, I'll see how I go on my own. And if I come unstuck with Kajabi, I'll sing out to you. Maybe you can help me find someone that could help me. And I'll be like, yeah, no problem. I can absolutely do that. They may turn around and go, I'm really looking for someone that can specifically help me set up this system. And in which case, then that's a point in the conversation where I would go, well, I don't do that. But I, you know, I'd be more than happy Are you in my free Facebook group, put a call out to see if there's someone in there that would be able to do that for you. I think where we come unstuck there is again, that mentality that you have to please everyone, that your offer has to meet every single checkpoint in their list. Not 
people can be flexible. People can also be inflexible. It's not up to us to determine that before we give them all the options available. So that is kind of, you know, how would you get around your offer meets some parts, but not all parts of what they need. It's about telling them this is what it does for you. These are the things it can do in terms of this aspect. This is what it does. It's not going to do these things for you, but here's some other options. But don't fill those other options with you doing stuff for free or you giving them free product or you giving them free advice. It could mean that you piggyback a couple of services on together and that you then could upsell them into something else. They may be prepared to pay you for that extra thing, right? And if you do offer extra of your own time or service or whatever as a one-off, make sure you let them know. Well, I can do up a proposal and let you know what that would look like. That's okay. You're totally, you are within your rights to do that. Um, but it, become, it can become murky. It beca can become a bit murky because you feel like you should have a cookie cutter, cookie cutter offer to give them. You don't need to have a cookie cutter offer to give them. Most people don't. Most businesses do not have a cookie cutter offer. If that was the case, when people went out for dinner at a restaurant, they wouldn't ask them to change the dish on the menu, right? How many times do you go out for breakfast and go, oh, can I get the smashed avo with bacon or the smashed avo with no egg and, um, I don't know, a little bit of tomato salsa or something on the side? You know, most places don't offer something that is going to fill every need that you have. Your offers don't need to be the same. It's about finding a way that you can share with them the things that do help them and then navigate the waters of the bits that don't. Now, what will end up happening is that some people will end up saying to you, yep, I'm happy to still buy that from you. And I'll work through those other things myself, or maybe you could help me with little bits here and there if I need some feedback or advice or how to use it or whatever. And you'll go, yeah, sure, no problem. The next part is that they may say no. They may say, well, no, I'm not really looking for that. And in which case, I think it's just a case of going, that's not, that's okay. You're not, again, you're not a cookie cutter. You can't help everybody and that's okay. I think it's far better to get to that point of the conversation and go, yeah, look, absolutely. Go and have a look around and see if someone else is going to help you with that. Here's some recommendations of people that I know of that might be able to do that for you. And if you don't find what you need, come back and let me know. And, you know, and, and we can sort you out with this and see if there's another option where you could, you know, piece it all together. Um, that's kind of what I would do, right? And I think it's a much nicer, much, much more authentic way to go because ultimately you don't want to sell someone something they don't need and you don't want to sell them something they don't want you don't want them to feel forced into buying something that isn't going to give them everything that they need um and then the last scenario would be if you get to the this point of the conversation and you're just like man you don't even do anything that is remotely what they want and in that case, then you've got to have that conversation with them around, look, you know, for example, let's use the course project as, a, as an example. If they came and said, I have a course written up and I need someone to put it into my system for me and create a webinar. And it's like, 
well, I don't do that. I'm a coach. So I would be like, so you really want someone to do it for you. You don't want to mentor anyone to coach you. You don't want to do it yourself, do you? Like I may reconfirm some things with them. Um, but then I would say, look, I'm a consultant, coach, mentor. I don't do done for you services. So I think it would be really unfair for me to take you on as a client because that's not what I do. It's actually not my specialty. Tech's not my jam. <laughs> um, but I know some people who it is. I'd love to refer you on. And I think the thing is that what that does is that honesty and that rawness to be able to say, I appreciate what you need. I'm not the person for you. It does a few things. First of all, it, it, it gains trust from them because they go, oh, okay, this person just didn't want to sell me something because they wanted to sell a widget. They haven't like amped up this service to be something that it's not. And I think we've all been there where you've been on a conversation, maybe you've been on a discovery call with someone yourself um, or in an email or a DM with someone and you're like, oh, I'm looking for this, but I'm not sure if your, your service or your product or your program is for me. Um, can I just ask you a few questions? And you ask some questions and then every time you ask a question to confirm whether or not that service is for you, you get back the same answer. Oh, it's amazing. It's exactly what you need. And you're sitting there going, no, that is not what I need. That is not what I need at all, right? We don't want to be those people. We want to be the people that go, it meets some of your needs, but not these ones. This is how we could get around it. Or this is what I would recommend that you do to get around it. Or you turn around and go, that actually what I do just isn't, isn't right for you. And it would be remiss of me to sell you something because it's not what you need. And here's who I would recommend you go see. It garners trust with people. The amount of people that I speak to or have spoken to that refer to me who I've never worked with, but I've had conversations with, just what I do is not for them. They don't want a mentor. They don't want a coach. They want someone to do it for them. Or they don't want to buy a program. They want to do one-to-one -one and they want someone to go and physically see them at their workplace. I don't do that anymore. That's okay. So they trust me because I haven't sold them something they don't need. And they refer to me. So when they find someone that wants a program, they're like, go see Stacey's got the best program. Wasn't for me, but it's awesome. Like I know it would be awesome. So it's about building that trust. And that trust can have a massive flow on effect in your business as well um, with the people you speak to. Um, you know, they may refer to you. They may send other people your way. Um, they may come back to you when they're ready as well. If you don't make people feel pressured, and you're doing it in a really authentic way, they'll come back when they're ready if what you have meets their needs. Um, and that's a really cool thing too. I've had people come back later on when I've offered other things and new offers and new programs where they're like, oh, I've been waiting for you to do something like this because I didn't need the other one, but I need, this is exactly what I need. So um, the share part of your sales mastery is around overcoming those roadblocks and those feelings of sleazy being a sleazy salesman and finding out where do they come from unpacking those and moving through them um, making sure that there's no murkiness with your offers so that you're confident in what it is that you're selling and finding some ways to have those conversations so if what you sell is exactly what they need, how do you authentically share that with them in your own words? I'm not going to give you a script. I don't believe in scripts. 
How do you, in your own words, in a way that's authentic to you, share that? If what you have meets some of their needs, but not all, how do you share that authentically? What are some of the words that you would use to share that? If it's not what they need at all, how do you share that? Like, what are the ways that you're going to have that conversation and navigate that conversation with people? Now, there's other things that come into the conversation as well. So these are the things we're going to talk about next week. So if someone is still feeling unsure where they're like, oh, I need to go think about it. Oh, I need to go ask my husband. Um, oh, okay, I'll have a look at it and let you know. Um, uh, what else? Um, you know, those sort of things. And I've had a few of you ask me questions like, how do you follow up? Do you follow up? What are some of your methods for following up? Um, objections, like how do you overcome objections? I don't, I don't see overcoming an objection as a sleazy sales thing. I see overcoming an objection as an opportunity to confirm what it is that they actually want. And usually when that people are unsure, it's because you have maybe you have misunderstood something that they've said so maybe you've offered something that wasn't really what they needed all right so you know an objection isn't necessarily a bad thing and people use sales sales people use the term overcoming objections as like they don't want it's almost like you're tr they're trying to make you think they don't want it but you need to force them to want it it's not that an objection is really just you trying to reconfirm what the person really needs because clearly there's been some gap in the communication there and you need to do that. Now, the last thing I'll talk about is, um, and we spoke about this last week, there are people will come to you with something they think they need. And also usually there's an unexpressed need or something they're unaware that they need. So again, this part of the process is selling them something or showing them something or offering them something they need. So they may have come to you wanting to talk about a specific product, service, co program, course. You need to share with them what they need, not what they think they want, what they actually need. So there is going to be times when you're getting to the share part of the, the conversation where it might be maybe they don't have a huge budget or um, after you've spoken to them. So say sometimes I'll have someone say to me, oh, I want to do some one-on-one -on -one coaching for Facebook ads. And then after talking to them, I'll realize that they actually have no strategy. They have no idea what they're doing organically. And it, to me, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to teach you ads until you know what your strategy is. So I say to them, you know, you've said you want to learn ads. I think that's awesome. However, you also, we also, you also said, you know, you don't have a strategy. You don't know how all this works. You haven't, you know, come up with any content plan or anything like that. I could teach you how to run ads, but I think you're going to spend a lot of money chasing down leads and followers um, when you could be maximizing the organic part of the platform as well. So what I actually think would be best for you to do is start here, then we can move up to ads. So that is how I would be like, you've come for this, but you actually need this. You've said you need this, but you also said these things. And I actually think this is a better, this is a better product for you. This is going to help because it's going to do X, Y, Z for you. It's going to give you X outcome. And in that scenario, it's going to help them maximize their organic social media. It's going to save them money. It's going to stop them a lot of heartache and chasing things with ads. Because ads, again, are a try, trial and error thing. You're not going to get your ads funnel right the first time. So, you know, I talk through those things. 
Um, the other times as well, it might be like, if, if it, particularly if it's a price thing, it might be that they need your high ticket service or they need your high ticket program or coaching package, but they can't afford it. So you're going, okay, that's what you need. And you said you want, but you really can't afford that. So, you know, when you've talked about budget. So in which case I would still lead with the thing that they need. I would still say, okay, so this really is what's going to get you where you need to go. This is the price. You said that this was your budget. Is there movement on that? Or, you know, is that definitely out of your price range? Like, I'm just honest with people. Is that out of your price range? Yes, it is 100%. Okay, so is that your, the one, what you said, is that your price range? Yes. All right, here's something that will help you now in that price range. When you're ready, we could look at doing something else. But this is what this other program service product will do for you. It's up to them at the end of the day. You're not obligated to discount anything for people just because they can't pay for your price point. But if you've got other options to send them to in terms of products or services or programs, um, then that will help. So that's kind of how I navigate those things. I always lead with what they need, not what they've said they wanted. Um, because at the end of the day, I know that that process is right for that person. And I'm not about selling them something they don't need. Sometimes, and this is where usually these are the, the client relationships that fall over, are the ones where they're like, no, I just want to learn Facebook ads. And I'll be like, okay, I'll do that for you. They don't get their Facebook ads funnel prop done right because they haven't put in the groundwork to understand their strategy and it doesn't work. So I don't do that anymore. If they don't if they don't want to do the process that I've said is the right one for them, I, I don't bend for it now because I've learned time and time again that that is what they need. So be firm on it. If you know that's what your client needs and you know that that's the right process for them, be strong on that because if you're not and you bend for them, it's usually because there's some other underlying thing in there. It's either they can't afford the full process, they can't afford the full service or something like that. And they just want to go straight to the outcome that they originally wanted when that's not actually what they need. You know, it's almost like people that go to the hairdresser with black hair and want to walk out blonde. And the hairdresser goes, well, you can't do that. You've got to gradually, you know, lighten your hair. And if the hairdresser tries to go from black to blonde, they normally end up burning the hair and it falls off. And then they go, should have done it the way I said the first time, but the client said, no, that's what I want. And they let, the, they let the client take the lead and tell them what they needed. Your potential client does not know what they need. You're the one who knows what they need. So that's when, that's the whole point of needs-based selling. Um, and when I say they don't know what they need, people do know what they need. They know what they want. They do know what they need. People are very intelligent. I give my audience a lot of credibility for being intelligent. But there are sometimes a telltale sign in a conversation when you have with somebody where you can go, there's a reason why you picked up this service as being something that you want. And usually a lot of the time it's around price, um, but you actually need this instead. It's a different price point, but this is what you need. And I think as the professional, it's up to us to navigate that conversation with them um, in an effective way. Um, the other thing we talked about last week was needs that they didn't realize that they have. 
Um, and that would be if you're having a conversation with someone and it, you know, comes up, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, potentially they may need that as well. Um, an example of that would be someone who's like, yeah, I need to learn social media. I'm thinking about, you know, maybe releasing a course next year or something like that. And so I might sell them the membership or talk to them about joining the membership. And then I might say, look, you also mentioned creating a course. We can talk about stuff like that in very basic form in the membership in terms of like, you know, social media content and stuff like that. But course strategy, I do that in my course program. So there is like a member's discount offer once you get in there, if you want to buy that program down the track, or if you want to look at doing them both together, I can come up with a, um, a price for both if you like. So, you know, remembering that it's okay to tell them there are other things you do that can help them. They may not know that you offer that other product, service, program, course, coaching. They may not know that. So it's okay to mention that too. Um, and then obviously, ultimately, it's up to them to make the final decision. Um, but I just really wanted to cover off that point that if you don't think what they want to buy is right for them, it can often become that they can become difficult client relationships and it's okay to say, I don't think that's the right thing for you because there is someone else out there that will sell it to them. And you don't, I know I don't want to be that person that sells something just because they said that's what they wanted, even though I think it's not right. Um, there's always going to be someone out there that will do that. That's what I think anyway. Um, and I know most of you, pretty much all of you are more into authentic selling. Um, and I guess that's my permission slip to you to say that you don't have to be one size fits all and it's okay for you and it's safe for you to be to stand your ground and be a professional and say that's not I don't think that's the right way for you to do this I don't think that's the right service for you I don't think that's the right product for you I think this would be better because of all the things that you said you needed before and again it always goes back to it's not what you want to sell it's what they need based on the conversation that you have with them and what they say. If you liked what you heard in your ears today, then I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. You can find me at, at Stacey Marie Coaching. Until then, stay classy.